Hey now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo. What if you had a sounding board, someone you could bounce things off of? What if you had someone in your corner who is always looking out for your best interests, always encouraging you? What if you had somebody to hold you accountable for the actions you said you were going to take? Well, that what if is something that most business leaders don't have. And it's something that most business leaders don't even know where to find until now. On today's show, we've got Peter A. James, and he's exactly the person who can do those three things and so much more. I want you to join me in welcoming Peter A. James, leadership coach to the Inside BS Show. Peter, welcome to the show. I am so excited to get coached up. I'm really happy that you're here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. Excited. Excited for our conversation. All right. So first of all, tell us how you became a leadership coach. Were you were you like a little baby coach and you were you woke up and you were like, Mom, I can't wait to go out and coach some people up. They don't know what they're doing. Or did you come to it throughout the course of your career? Out of the womb, Dave. <laughs> no, really, um, my background uh, goes single mom, uh, raised in New York City, um, went to the military after college, became an officer in the United States Army, did that for about seven, seven and a half years, transitioned to corporate, um, watched a lot of leadership dues d- doing great things, watched a lot of them doing not so great things. That experience, between that experience and the military experience, I transitioned into higher education, became a college professor, and then discovered coaching, and coaching really changed my life. And I saw with that the ability to be able to partner with leaders, partner with executives, as they're looking to take their businesses, their corporate environments, their direct reports to the next level, take themselves to the next level as well, but also um, create that corporate culture that needs to be strengthened. Let's just face it, an organization is, uh, is filled with so many different types of individuals. How as a leader am I able to to build that corporate culture, strengthen it overall. And um, so I kind of evolved with that overall, as you hear from my story, Dave. All right. That's great. Thank you, first of all, for your service. Um, thank you for uh, for what you did, for the sacrifice you made for our country. Um, talk about that for a minute. How did, you know, how did your experience in the military help you uh, grow and become the type of person who can really recognize good leadership from leadership that needs help? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, Obviously, my past, just like everybody else, my past experiences have made me the individual who I am today. And the military um, has definitely provided me with the discipline, the the know-how, the awareness that I'm able to utilize on a day-in and day-out basis. But leaders, yeah, I think I think the military does a great job with identifying how to strengthen your leadership capabilities under different circumstances at that. So I was able to do that for myself to help to strengthen my own capabilities. But then also um, it was modeled to me the good and the bad. I'll be honest with you, the good and the bad in leadership. And I saw how the good can take um, a platoon, a company, an organization to the heights that were never even imagined, um, whether they're a general or even just a, a captain of a, of a company. I watched all of that take place. Then I also watched the ones who were maybe a little bit more self-absorbed, who got the power and, and 
took it to levels that didn't need to be taken to or or were, didn't know what to do with it for that matter. I watched all of that unfold right before me. Lots of lessons, lots of uh, mistakes on my part as well, but was able to just um, secure that and apply it moving forward. And I, I will tell you, transitioning to the corporate environment from there was like a night and day experience for sure. But uh, yeah, just some great leadership lessons overall. Okay, so let's um, let's do people a huge favor here and let's protect them from themselves. So give us two or three things you see people doing that they if they stop doing it today, they'd be a better leader, right? Two or three things that if they stop doing this, it would strengthen the culture of their workplace or strengthen the relationship they have with the people who are out there every day getting it done. What are a couple of things that people do that you see that they should stop doing? Yeah, first of all, for new leaders, I I, I think the... Uh the delegation part is still something that I'm having to coach new leaders on. They're they're not understanding how to delegate, to how to delegate, what it looks like, and how to how to help people who you're delegating to. So I often say that, you know, delegation should be job number one for the new leaders, knowing how to do that. But delegation is not just giving somebody work to do. Delegation is saying, hey, you know, identifying when a task or project or something that comes across your desk, who needs to own that? Who needs to own that? And then once you're identifying who needs to own that, how can I support them to be successful with that task, that project? So those are two examples of Yes, the delegation, but also, hey, I'm not just giving it to them and going away. I'm also now saying, how can I be of support to them as the leader so that they can be successful and then ultimately empowered, right? Yeah, no, I love that point. And one of the things that I see all the time, and this is, I think you're gonna, this is going to resonate with you from your military background, is... So people will give somebody a task and they'll say, hey, listen, you know, you, you can do it, do it any way you want. I'm just focused on the outcome. Just do this, right? Now, if you do that in the military, there's a, there's an SOP somewhere, right? There's a standard operating procedure. So if you got a knucklehead boss who says, oh, just go ahead and do it, you could look it up in a book and probably, and now it's probably online and you could probably, and you could figure out, you know, what the steps were to do it. Still not ideal, but at least you got like a trail of breadcrumbs. You got a path to follow, right? I mean- when you're telling people to do something and then it doesn't meet the expectation, that's as much a failure on you as a leader as it is on the person who's executing if you didn't spend the time to, to help them do that. Talk about the, the role that institutional knowledge and training plays and how that really goes hand in hand with good leadership. Kudos to you, Dave, for knowing that what SOP stand for, first of all. <laughs> but but you're absolutely right. And oftentimes we have mentors, we have advisors. Um, we even have those SOPs, uh, those standard operating procedures to be able to, to, uh, to guide us along the way. But I think more than ever, and we'll, this maybe is a good transition into the 21st century leader who needs to know how to empower, how to motivate. So um, I love the fact that you also mentioned that, you know, just giving somebody something and say, do it whatever you want to. And then when they do it whatever way they want to, then you're like, oh, that's not what I was envisioning. Right. So so now how can you not just be that leader, not just be that giver of tasks, that disseminator, that delegator, but how now also can you be that coach, that coach who is also a leader? And 
One of the things that I'm doing now more than ever with seasoned leaders is introducing the coaching framework to them, the coach approach to leadership, as I like to call it. And what that encompasses is active listening, you know, powerful questioning, but then also creating that environment for that direct report to be able to grow, to ask the hard questions, to to feel like they can be vulnerable, make mistakes, and still get to that next level as as you both see fit. It's a partnership of sorts. And listen, if I'm a if I'm a employee or staff of today, I want to feel empowered. I want to feel like I'm part of the team. And leaders don't often make us feel that way. How can we do that moving forward? Yeah, so that's a that's a great point. You know, one of the things I think um, that leaders miss is they they think that they built uh, a team or a culture that is working well. So when somebody new comes in, a blind spot is they forget what it's like to be new themselves. So along those lines, when when I'm a, when I'm a leader and I'm bringing a new person onto my team. What should I be thinking about from an onboarding perspective? Oh, wow. Um, so I'm, I'm a big proponent of you have to be able to know how to lead collectively, but lead individually, right? So leading individually is understanding the strengths and even the weaknesses of your individual contributors, knowing what um, they bring to the table. You hired them for a reason. They have a strength. So firing them is probably not even should not even be necessarily in the vocabulary how can they be their strengths be applied to the team so now you have some news coming in you're you're developing a relationship right off the top you're trying to figure out um, getting to know them allowing them to get to know you on an individual basis of course when you have the entire team you have to disseminate um, uh, things that they need to do in the future um, tasks uh, what's coming down from above that you need to disseminate effectively sure that's a thing but getting to know the employees getting to know your staff on an individual Um, basis on an individual perspective, especially those new individuals, helping them to feel part of the team, helping them to feel empowered, helping them to know that they are a valuable asset, a valuable, uh, unique person for the benefit of this organization. Those are the things that a, a leader with a new employee, a new person has to be able to instill to a certain extent. Okay, great. All right, uh, Peter, I want you to take a minute and think about this next one. I want to talk about buy-in, right? How do we get buy-in when we're when we're trying to, where, you know, we, we have a team, we're moving toward a goal for our team, but we need everybody on the team to buy into the fact that we're moving toward that goal. Take a minute and think about that. Well, I remind people that our show is brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. For over 35 years, Sandrowski has helped people with some of the most complex accounting there is. So for example, if you're going to sell a a firm, you're going to sell a business, you wanna know that you're going to get the best possible price. And then when you liquidate, when you sell that business, you wanna pay as little taxes as you can from an individual standpoint when you get all that money. Sandrowski can help you both ways. If you're looking to place a value on your business, the best thing to do is take your financial information, have Sandrowski come in and review it, have Sandrowski review what the current market looks like, and they can do a comparable analysis, other businesses in your sector, other businesses in your geography, 
and they'll let you know what they think your business is worth, then you know from a hard asset standpoint what your business is worth. Sandrowski's provided that to you. Now, let's say you're ready to sell your business. When you sell that business, you're going to get, hopefully, a truckload of cash. Now, when you get that cash, you're going to have to pay taxes on it unless you've structured your business properly. See, the folks at Sandrowski know how to take advantage of what's called the small business exemption in the tax code. This is a legal strategy to reduce the amount of taxes you pay when you sell your business. They just told me, Harry Sandrowski just told me a story about a business that was sold that he saved $7 million for the owner in tax exposure. Here's the thing, though. You got to bring Sandrowski in before you're ready to sell. They need about five years to make sure that the business is structured appropriately and your business has to function a certain way and it has to be in a certain industry for five years in order to realize these savings. So I guess the best time to bring Sandrowski in would have been when you started your business. The next best time is right now because when you're ready to sell, you want to get as little, you want to have as little tax exposure as possible. Here's the phone number where you can reach him. I want you to call them at 866-717-1607-866-717-1607. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, they are a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by my revenue new roadmap guide. You want to build your business? Here's how you can do it. Use my revenue roadmap guide. It's the same business development plan I use with my clients. It doesn't matter if you're a CPA, a lawyer, a consultant, a financial advisor. If you like to leverage relationships to build your business, my revenue roadmap guide will help you. Go to revenueroadmapguide.com, enter your contact info, download yours today. It's free. It's my gift to you for watching the show, for listening to the show. We're talking with Peter A. James, and he is a leadership coach, and he's given us so many golden nuggets already. He's going to give us even more. I want you to reach out to him and call him at 312-291-1118-392-291-1118. All right, Peter, let's talk about buy-in. How do we get everybody moving in the same direction? Yeah, such a good question. Um, let me take a step back from that question, Dave. I had to actually pull up a document that, that I would it would allow me to respond to this so well. So I run an organization, a consulting firm that focuses on leadership development, diversity, equity, and inclusion work, as well as executive coaching. Um, and so I really understand the value of a leader and what they, the, the tall task that they're up against on a regular basis. I want to start out by saying as leaders, as individuals, for that matter, we all have blind spots. Right. We have areas that we need to be strengthened or we need to grow with all of us, no matter what level of or, of, of leadership you are. And it's important. I'm, I'm going to read a, a quote from Seneca, who was a stoic. He says, we can remove most sins if we have a witness standing by as we are about to go wrong. The soul should have someone it can respect by whose example it can make its inner sanctum more inviolable, inviolable. And what that's really saying is. As a leader, as an individual, who is holding you accountable? Who is holding you accountable for the decisions, the, the, the mistakes, the, 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 the stuff that you need to encounter and move forward on? Who is, who is saying, yeah, who are you, who's helping advise you to a certain extent? We watch this play out in the environment, in society, when leaders we can tell when they don't have someone around them who's kind of whispering in their ear, who they're able to rely on, who's their confident. And so now with this blind spot, when you have that blind spot and you don't have that individual, then your mistakes 
are seen that much quicker. So you, your question, going back to your question about buy-in, as a leader, I want to make sure that I'm getting buy-in from my team so I can make the best decisions moving forward. And one of those first things that you have to do, Dave, is to create the environment that your direct reports desire to speak up, that they feel comfortable to be able to do so. Are you creating that environment so that your people around you can tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly? Are you strengthening those relationships around you with your team to be able to do so? Those people may who you may be close with, but even those people who are part of the team that you're not as close with, they have something valuable to contribute to uh, also. And then I got to go back to that third one there too, Dave, is that coaching. Are you able to, to, to listen effectively, not even just hear something, but listen to what's being said and what's not being said. Are you asking the right questions, those powerful questions that no one else is asking of your team so that you can get the appropriate buy-in to move forward as well? So definitely, Dave, if I can recap, creating that environment, um, strengthening those relationships, and being that coach leader that your people need. Great, fantastic advice. Thank you, I appreciate that. That's wonderful. Talk to me a little bit about how old school leaders, people who are probably not brought up in the, you know, in a, in a leadership culture. Talk to me about how old school leaders um, can come around to embracing, a, you know, a, a coaching model where they listen, they get feedback, they're deliberative, and then they move forward, right? So I see so many people who have come up under folks who are like, it's my way or the highway, right? But even even now, you know, and you, and you can speak to this from your military experience, even now in the military, they're, they're teaching people, hey, listen, you got to go make sure everybody's bought into what we're doing um, so that, you know, they're going to they're gonna go at it with 110% and they're not just going to blindly follow the leader off a cliff, right? Talk about how you can get to an old school leader, somebody who's a my way or the highway person, and convert them to uh, a better model where they're taking into consideration what their people are thinking, what their people are feeling, and you know they may not agree with it, but they, but at least people need to feel heard. So how do you bring people around to that? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it can be challenging. It's a challenging task at times, there, Dave. And and I'll even go back. You know, I'm I'm probably a little bit older than you, Dave. So I was I was trained in the '80s and the '90s that that leadership approach from way back then. The Jack Welches, the um the, the Fords, you know the do. Do as I say, not as I do type of thing. Command and control of the military a little bit, but don't ask any questions. Just take care of your business, right? That's how I was raised. So I was very, I, 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 I did what I was told. I, I, you know, I followed the rules. I, I made sure I didn't step outside of the boundaries to a certain extent. And, and while there was nothing wrong with that, while it worked then, I mentioned earlier today's follower, today's employee requires so much more. And if I started talking about millennials or Gen Zs, those of you older leaders, you know it's, a, it's different people that we are leading today. What do they need? What do they need that's going to allow the organization to be successful overall? And doing it the old way, doing leadership the old way, while there are some things that can be brought up, everything can't be brought up. 21st century leadership requires so much more, requires a little bit of, of differences. And 
some of these things I've been talking about, creating the environment, connecting, developing relationships, strengthening them, making them feel empowered, motivating them are some of the things that need to be done even more so because I don't know about you, but I've met these young folks today. They want to feel like this is a team environment, the entire organization. They want to feel like there's there's a value system, that there are morals that they were following. We They want to feel like there's a connection. When they're not feeling that, they're leaving. And good yeah. talent is leaving. And so- Yeah, no, 100%. I can't I don't I can't convince everybody and there are some people who are very stuck in their ways for lack of a better word there Dave but those who are willing to listen the the opportunities are endless you know I it strikes me Peter that there are so many clumsy sports analogies that that we could use to describe this right if you think back to you know if you played football in 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 high school or college Back in the day, the coach would just tell you, right, this is your assignment on this play. You just got to hit this guy in front of you. And if you hit him and you turn him to the right, then you did your job, right? Now, it's even more important for them to know, all right, if you hit him and turn him to the right, there's going to be a guy right behind you taking out that guy that's that the second guy that's in front of you. So I don't want you to worry about him. This way, when you get into the hole and you hit the guy that's on the right, you know that somebody's going to pick up that guy on the left. If the leader didn't take the time to tell you, you would get in the hole and there'd be two guys there and you'd have to make a decision. Do I hit the guy on the right or the left? Well, the coach told you why you got to hit the guy on the right because somebody mm. else is going to hit the guy on the left. That Just from a pragmatic standpoint, giving people the reason why helps them see where they fit into the bigger picture and it gives them a sense of purpose. I mean, I, you know, for forever and thank you for saying that you think you're older than me we're probably at the same age but forever i always wondered why they why people didn't tell other people why they were doing things and they just expected them to be done everybody wants to know that they're part of something that's leading to the greater good so you know i i completely agree with you 100% talk to me now about peter vision and mission and how even in a small business the leader has to make sure he or she is clear when it comes to you know and clarity is the biggest thing uh, clear on the on the mission and they have a vision for what you know what they're going to do to accomplish that mission yeah well i love first of all i i, I love your football analogy there dave because you're absolutely right um our, our people today, our young people today, especially, are so much smarter than we were, right? Mm -hmm. And they want a little bit more depth. So you're right. It's not just enough to let them know that they have to block that individual. But in, when they are understanding the entire play, then they're able to block more effectively and efficiently, right? So the same thing is said for our employees of today. They don't just need to know that they have a task to do, but how does this fit into the bigger scheme of the entire organization? How am I helping, yes, my department, my division, but the entire organization, how am I helping the organization to advance? So now the mission and the vision that you have described are that much more critical. It's important that leaders are able to set that in place and then demonstrate how that mission and vision is moving forward, how we are moving the needle in it. And I can't, I, I'd be remiss if I did not mention the values, which are becoming that much more important as we proceed. Employees are wanting to work for an organization that has strong values and that they are exercising their values on many different levels, not even just internally, but externally in the uh, in the in society overall. So there, the these these entities, these this mission, this vision, this these values are important for all levels. Of course, externally 
externally for our stakeholders, but definitely for our, our employees who desire to feel connected. As a leader, you have a task, you have the responsibility. I love that word, Dave. Sometimes as leaders, we don't always reflect on that. Just by right. default, by you being a leader, you have the responsibility to drive that mission, to drive that mission, that, that vision, and to drive those values no matter what level of leadership you are at. Great. Perfect. All right, Peter, tell us now, give us some guidance as to there's, there's people listening, people watching, and they want to coach. So give us some guidance. What do we look for in a coach? How do we pick a coach? Because there's no, you know, there, there, it's not, it's not like, Hey, listen, you know, you got to pass a CPA exam in order to, you know, become a CPA. You got to go to law school and pass the bar exam in order to become an attorney. But even then you still don't know what you're going to get, right? There's good attorneys and then there's, you know, not so good attorneys. So how do we pick a coach? How do we, what, what should we look for? I've seen the good attorneys and the not so good attorneys <laughs> there, Dave. It's interesting as well. Um, the, the challenge is with coaching, it's, it's, not quite an un, it's not quite a regulated industry just yet. And so when you jump online and you just type in coaching or executive coaching or leadership coaching, you're going to get a ton of stuff. Today, everybody calls themselves a coach. Everybody um, from the actual sports coaches to the professional authentic coaches, as I like to call them, and everything in between. We're all calling ourselves coaches to a certain extent. The International Coaching Federation, of which I'm a part of, really identifies coaching as that partnership with an individual who is helping to, to get you to that next level, helping you to, to achieve things that you may not have necessarily achieved on your own, um, to help identify roadblocks and obstacles and hurdles that you may have historically had and how to even overcome that. I liken a coach, a solid coach, as as driving in the HOV lane on the highway, Dave, the high occupancy vehicle lane. Mm -hmm. So you're driving. I'm, I live here in Chicago. So you're driving on in the right hand side, and you you're making some good progress. But when you look over to the left, you see that lane over there, and those individuals are flying by. Now, what's different between them and me is that there's someone riding with that individual. There's two or more people in that lane while you're by yourself. I liken that person who is riding with the driver as their coach. Their coach is able to be that navigator, allow them to see things that they may not have seen before, see things in themselves, see things in the environment, to also overcome hurdles, overcome traffic in this case, of course, and, and make substantial progress, way more progress than if you did it by yourself. Now, if you're by yourself, you can make progress, but with a coach, the opportunity is definitely endless and, and much quicker there, Dave. I agree. A high occupancy vehicle lane. I love it. Great analogy. All right, Peter, um, I want you to take a minute now and think of three things that people should take away from our time together. Three big things you want them to take away. While you're doing that, I'm going to remind folks that we're brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. They're a CPA firm with a different perspective. So if you need help with business valuation, we talked about that before, or litigation support, let's say you need an expert, you, you want somebody to look at some financial documents and you want them to translate that financial uh, information into plain old English, English that's so easy that a judge or the court or a jury can understand it. Who are you going to call for that? Well, you should be calling Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. Why? Well, they've done this work for over 35 years and 
They have experts like John Alfonsi who are specifically trained to take complex subjects and break them down so easy even a judge can understand it. You see, John's also a professor, so he knows how to get through to people. He knows how to help people understand complex subjects in a way that is familiar and not intimidating. Listen, if you're a lawyer or you're in a, in the middle of a contentious litigation battle and you need someone to present your financial information, you want somebody who can do it so that it's really, really clear. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, John Alfonsi, those folks can do it for you. I want you to give them a call at 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. Also remember, your Revenue Roadmap Guide, if you haven't downloaded it already, you need to. It's absolutely free. Go to RevenueRoadmapGuide.com, RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. That's my business development plan. It's the same one I use with my clients. I want you to get it for free. You can customize it yourself for your business my gift to you for listening and watching. Thank you for joining us today. RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. We're being coached up by Peter A. James. If you want to talk to Peter yourself and figure out how Peter can help you take your business, take your life, take your leadership skills to the next level, give him a call. 312-291-1118-392. I'm sorry, 312-312-291-1118. Let me say it again, just in case you wrote it down wrong. 312 312- Two nine one 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 eight. All right, Peter. What are the three things people are going to take away from our time together? Well, Dave, we spoke about quite a bit of stuff. Uh, we, we we dove into leadership. We dove into coaching. We dove into me a little bit in my past. That was eh, I don't know about that. If anyone wanted to hear about that, but a, a few things that I really have to say that hopefully your audience can take away from this conversation a little bit. Number one thing is how are you shifting your mindset? right? How are you able to think of things that you normally wouldn't outside of the box in order to get to your next level? How have you historically done that? How will you continue to do that moving forward? If you're not clear on what that might look like, especially for your business or your organization, perhaps you might need a partnership. And that's number two there, uh, Dave, is you know, who has been that coach in your life? And I say that authentic coach, that real coach that I've been identifying for you. Who has been that individual that you know you can bounce ideas off of? Who is going to challenge your way of thinking? Who is going to challenge your approach for the future? Um, most organizations, Fortune 500 companies, have embraced a coaching culture. If your organization or if you have not quite done that yet, perhaps today is the beginning of that journey for you. And lastly, but not least, with all of this is now your awareness. Um, Not being naive of the environment, of what the needs of today's employees are, what the needs of your business environment is is looking moving forward. Um, Sometimes we have many examples of organizations that have got stuck in, in yesterday. And right now we are in 2022 and 2019 was a totally different world, Dave. And so mm-hmm. now, are you, have you caught up? Are you staying ahead? If not, and your industry is leaving you behind, again, perhaps you might need to talk to somebody so that you can stay in it and even stay ahead. So those are the three things, shifting your mindset, being aware of your leadership capability, but then also being aware of who you need to be for the benefit of your business moving forward. All right. Terrific. Peter A. James, thank you so much for enlightening us today. Thank you for being a great guest. Those of you who want to reach out to Peter, this is the number 312-291-1118. 312-291-1118. 
291-1118. Peter A. James, it was an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us today. Good stuff, David. It was a pleasure. All righty, folks, that'll do it for another episode of the Inside BS Show. We'll be right back here again tomorrow with another edition of our show, another great interview for you. If you like what you heard, give us a hey now down in the comments. I don't care if it's on YouTube or on the podcast. Just write hey now, Peter. Hey now, Dave. Great show. We appreciate it.